It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast Network. On today's show, I'm going to do something I haven't done, but I got I to gotta be critical of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins made a few mistakes uh, that I know he wants them back. Like when Kirk Cousins watches film, he's going to watch it, and he's going to be like, man, I need that. Let me, let's run that back. Let me run that back. But it is what it is. Also, we're going to play a little game in the second segment. And before we do that, we are going to really break down this Lions game. This is key now. The NFC North has never been this important this early, but it is. If you lose to the Lions, you put yourself behind an eight ball that you don't want to be behind. Coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One-of-a-kind opinions, big-name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. I'm excited about today's show because, you know, we get to move on. Philly is done. It's time for the Lions. Uh, go for football as well. Headed to play Michigan State. Cannot wait to see Sparty versus Minnesota. This has been a game that has not been played in a while, but it's always fireworks because Michigan State, they're bullies. And I told PJ Fleck down the PJ Fleck show. That's I grew up with a lot of those guys like that from Detroit. They like to play bully ball. They like to try to scare you off the field. So we'll see what Minnesota can do. But I got to talk about Kirk Cousins. I have to. When you watch it live on TV or you kind of start to like get a feel for who's playing well, who's not by stats. Justin Jefferson last week, this week was uh, Jalen Hurts. But when you go back and watch film and you look at some plays and you question certain people and things they did, you have to go back and you have to either say, you know what? I was wrong. This is what the problem was, or this is why I was right. And this is what needs to change. But I'm going to explain that. But before I do, Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota for endless Vikings talk during the football season. Not only can you find us on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform, but we are now on Roku and Amazon Fire with all the new Locked On Sports Minnesota app. Check it out today for all your favorite shows. Well, as I stated, as I bring my producer Sam Exerman to the show, I got a chance to watch a little film. I do a little breakdown for the Vikings on Vikings.com. Uh, it's their post-game podcast, and it's called Ron's Three. And Ron's Three, uh, I kind of got a chance to reevaluate what's going on. And tomorrow I'm going to do another podcast with the Vikings as well, and we're going to talk Lions game. And so as I started to break down the numbers and, and, and go over situations, you get those stats out the door. I'm a stats guy, but I'm not going to bore you with all my stats. Here's where the rubber met the road. There were times where Justin Jefferson was actually open and had room to work. And Kirk Cousins, whether it was fear, whether it was muscle memory, whether it was Darius Slay is kicking our butt, and so I'm going to go the other way because Slay was in the area on this particular play. And I'm going I'm to tell you this because I said Kevin O'Connell didn't do enough to help Kirk Cousins. Now, I, I do agree with that because he said it, so I'm just using what he said, but I also said that before he said it. But I, we agree. They, there could have been more done. But this is what I say. He did do some stuff. He did motion Justin Jefferson back to the backfield. I missed that one. Why? Because Kirk Cousins didn't even look his way. It was like 
you know, some random person was in the backfield with him and he just looked the other way. Now, if he had thrown it to Justin Jefferson, here's the thing. Unless the play happens front side and it's affected, there's no flag. I don't know if it was Irv or somebody that picked the guy covering Justin Jefferson to the flat, but he absolutely like decleated him and ran, ran through him. Now, I don't know if they would have threw that flag, if he threw it to Justin Jefferson, but maybe because it's play side and now that play, that action happened play side and maybe it's just a flag. Um, not to say Kirk Cousins that cerebral where he's like, oh man, he just decleated this guy. I can't throw it to Justin. It's a flag. Let me go to Dalvin Cook. Oh, nope. They can't do that either. But he dumps it off to Dalvin Cook as if it was some kind of double screen. Because I've seen that where you double screen it. You screen runway and you run a screen to the backside. Uh, in high school, we used to call it Pro Queen for Swing. Spice Adams used to love that play because he was an offensive guard and he got to roll out and, and be the leader for me. And at receiver, a running back would flare out to the left. That was Pro Queen. And then the four swing, running back four roll, swings left. And then the receiver, which I don't understand why people never knew what we were doing. I literally did nothing. I did like a fake step, and then I turned around as if I'm not in the play anymore. So dumb, but it worked. And then I would run back towards in, 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 a, in a tunnel screen. Quarterback throws it to me. Now I have my lineman coming in front of me, and I got a, another receiver blocking for me. That's kind of what they were trying to set up there. You saw the swing from Justin Jefferson going this way, and you saw Dalvin Cook run the – um screen but they were all over it they were all over it and people are now saying man if Kirk Cousins just threw the ball to Justin Jefferson okay true what Kirk saw was Justin was covered man to man what he did not see because he didn't wait long enough which I don't know why you don't wait and you don't like keep your eyes to that side of the field just to let your screen you know where your screen is going to be don't stare at it don't give the linebacker a chance to run to it look at Justin Jefferson scare everybody over there and then maybe you're like, oh, wait a minute. This dude is wide open because his guy just got knocked down by somebody. I don't know if it's Irv or whoever. I haven't fully watched it. I just saw it and I kind of, you know, kept watching it to see the back end of it. Darius Slay was probably 15 yards off because they were playing some kind of combo when Justin's in the backfield. They probably like, look, last time he ran a, a Texas route, which is an out and then a back across kind of like a slant. And so he beat the Steelers with that. And, he, and they're probably like, you know what? It's coming. I'm going to stay in the middle of the field because he's coming back to me. He never came back, and that was the wrinkle. Last time, and it wasn't Kevin O'Connell. This was last year. The last time Justin Jefferson was in the backfield, he ran a Texas route. This time, he runs a swing. If I'm Kirk Cousins, I'm throwing it to Justin Jefferson, and that's why I got to be critical, Sam. Kirk Cousins came off sometimes too soon. He didn't throw the ball soon enough. The interception to Vontae Maddox. Should have threw the ball. Swing. You you then need to come down to your secondary throw. You don't throw it late to the corner. You never throw it late to the corner, especially when the relationship between the two receivers are so close where the DB can make a play. But that's where I kind of go with that, Sam. And as we move into this Lions game, that's where they need to improve. I think defensively, they figured it out. First half, 24 points. Second half, goose egg. I think they figured it out. Well, against the Lions, though, offensively, they never figured it out against the Eagles. That's where they have to get back to hitting on all cylinders. Kirk Cousins has to, like Kevin O'Connell said, you're going to throw picks. I don't care. Like, I'm not going to beat you down about interception. Now, if it's just blatant, yeah, I'm going to say, hey, what are you doing? But I'm not going to beat you. You're still my quarterback. But you got to take more chances sooner, throw the ball earlier, and give the receiver a chance. You, you can't be perfect. It's never going to be, oh, oh, he's wide open. Okay, let me throw it. No, it's the NFL. You do that, guys like Avante Addicts, Shout out to Devante, uh, Avante Addicts from my high school in Detroit, Detroit Martin Luther King. Uh, you know, Detroit just found, I think we have the second most players in the NFL 
per city. I think Miami, Florida was one. Detroit, Michigan was two. I think we have like 16 to 19 NFL players currently from Detroit. Ghosting with the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. You got Brandon Graham with the Eagles. Detroit got a lot of guys out there. Uh, we got my boy with the 49ers. We got to get him on the show too, uh, the cornerback, Amory Thomas. Um, we have a lot of guys in the NFL. So um, it was good to see Avante Maddox make a play, but I wasn't hoping against the Vikings. But – Sam, if you think about this Lions game and where they need to improve, offensively or defensively, where are you going? Well, I want to know what happened to the play action. They kind of went away from it against Philadelphia. (laughs) I think they only had five or six play action attempts. I want to see that reinstated offensively because that is where Kirk is comfortable. That opens up a lot of downfield shots. Um, And maybe it didn't happen because they just had no semblance of a running game against Philadelphia, but that shouldn't matter. You should still go to the play action. It's proven that you don't need the running game to work to do play action. You can still do it. Um, So I want them to do more of that and make Kirk Cousins comfortable. And that was kind of always the, you know, the, the nookie for Kirk Cousins with Mike Zimmer was that, okay, Kirk had a bad game. Let's get him back to doing comfortable Kirk things. So let's get back to the play action on offense and you know, let's let's involve some some other receivers. There's good receivers on this team, Ron. Adam Thielen's pretty good. And I think all but one of his catches in the first two games um, were in the fourth quarter. Get him involved earlier. Uh, we saw him make two great catches in that Philly game. Uh, I think he can make those catches in the first quarter too. So uh, expand the offense out. Justin Jefferson's going to get his catches, but he can't be your number one focus at all times you do have other options use them yeah and so when you think about the options you think about Kirk Cousins and and you know Adam Thielen you can't wait to target them into the fourth quarter Uh, I don't know if that's by design or just uh, the Eagles say you know what let's take one of his guys out of this and and I don't know again I haven't watched the all 22 from the back end to kind of see the coverage or from the wide angle sorry to see the coverage when you think about what Adam Thielen can give you um, the fact if you're going to multiple receivers, you're, you're putting all the DBs on alert. Nobody was on alert. And, and Darius Slay, I mean, for whatever it's worth, whenever he was covering Justin Jefferson, you know, like if they don't throw the flag, they don't throw the flag. He was he was dead on. He, he got to give got to give credit where credit is due. The boy bought out. Like the boy bought out. His wife tweeted, my husband is good at football. He is. He bought out. Uh, getting away with holds, that's what a DB does. Like who cares? They're going to hold you. They're going to grab you. Fight through it. You know, when Justin Jefferson felt him holding his wrist, that's when you yank and make it, you make it noticeable for the ref to be like, look, I can't get my arm free. You got to really yank. And then if you get thrown off your body, then the ref sees it. Like by just kind of keeping your arm back, thinking I'm about to make a one-handed shoulder catch, they're not going to call that because he let go right as the ball's coming. And that's when the refs are really paying attention to your body right as the ball's getting there. Then they look over because they have to watch so much other stuff. But you know what? Like that's it is what it is. When you look at the Lions, this is what scares me about the Lions. They run the ball well in this three-four defense. There's a lot of there's a lot of holes, and these linebackers are gonna have to mm-hmm. fill them fast. Um, their 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 offensive line is playing with nasty tendencies. You watch them against the Commanders, pancaking guys. Like they are playing the type of offense that Dan Campbell wants, which is hard nose, gritty, just bite gunpowder and, and spit it onto the spit it into your gun. Like that's what Dan Campbell wants. And that's what his offensive line is getting him. His defense, 
they're okay. I mean, they've given up a lot of points, 38 points and then 24 points. So they've given up a ton of points early on. But that offense, that offense is like, look, our defense is going to give up some points. We got to score too. And that's what the mindset they have, it seems like right now, because the defense, it's given up a lot. So it's going to come down to – because I think our offense will be fine against the Lions' defense. I just haven't seen much from the Lions' defense. But we also saw the Eagles' defense get taken advantage of by the Lions. And now I see why. Their power run game. They are a strong, powerful team. And the Vikings couldn't match what the Eagles did. And so in order to beat Dan Campbell's team, you have to punch them in the mouth. They, but you do get to come home. And I hope there's not one of those teams where they're going to be you know, undefeated at home and lose on the road. Uh, but you do have to, when you come home, you have to play at a different level. Um, they're not going to have, they're going to have the crowd noise issues. Um, so, you know, they're going to feed off their fans at home. So we'll see what Sunday looks like for the Vikings. But I think that's the offense, in my opinion, has to get better. Like, that's what scares me about this Lions game um, is the defense has to be able to match the intensity of this offensive line for the Lions. And the offense has to be able to score point for point because Jared Goff looks a lot better. And I don't know if it's just because he has a run game. He's running the ball well. And they're not having to rely on him to do too much. But Amon, when he does, though, uh, St. Brown is good. Like Amon, Saint, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is good. And so, again, now you got to figure out, you know, your cornerback situation. Is Andrew Booth going to even play? Probably not again. Quad. Um, probably worse than we think it is. And I'd say it's just a bruise, but a lot of times when it's a big, your quad is one of your biggest muscles. When that's bruised, you really can't run. It hurts like heck. Um, you can shoot it up all you want, but if it's a true underlying issue, um, then yeah, then you have to, whether it's a tear, whether it's who knows what, a thigh, a bone bruise, if it got down to the bone, because I've seen that, and that's really painful, uh, where it just, the helmet hit it, the leg so hard, it made it to the bone. Um, you just don't know. And so, Sam, uh, is there anything that the Lions uh, have done so far that makes you feel like the Vikings cannot win this game? Well, I definitely feel like they can win the game, but I am a little nervous about that Lions run game. They've got three runs this year, 50 yards or more. Um, they're averaging like seven yards a carry, which is absurd. And that's thrown off by those 50-yard runs, obviously. That's, that's elevated. Um, but they've got a sneaky good group of, of uh, skill players. DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds they like, TJ Hawkinson is a big tight end, and that offensive line is awesome, and their backups are even blocking people. So I think it comes down to Goff is not Hurts. Goff is not going to buy extra time. He's not going to beat you with his legs. This is not the same challenge as Jalen Hurts. So in that, I find some some solace. And the Vikings have uh, you know seen – Sort of the best and worst of Goff in his career. They saw the best of him when he was with the Rams, and uh, they saw the worst of him, you know, last year when he came to U.S. Bank Stadium and the Vikings beat them on a walk-off field goal. So I don't know what we're going to get in Goff, but I know that Lions people are very excited about the mm -hmm. way that offense looks, and they have a new offensive coordinator. So I don't think you can overlook this team. Just because the, the bet online line is minus six Vikings, you can't overlook this Lions team because – the way they're playing on offense right now, you kind of have to, to take that seriously. And if they can stop the run early in that game, I think that it becomes a, a fairly easy Vikings win. But if you don't and you give Goff those easy uh, you know, pass opportunities, well, then anything could happen in this game. Yeah, and, and, and that's where the Vikings have to figure this out. Like, you're one and one. 
Uh, you don't want to go one and two and lose to the Lions because if you lose to the Lions, it it might be a riot. Like fans are gonna riot Twitter. Like it's gonna be a Twitter riot of oh my god, here we go again. But let's not forget, Mike Zimmer lost to the Lions too, so don't don't act like it hasn't happened before. But that's what people say. Oh, we we switch coaches out just to have the same issues we had before. The defense doesn't play hard. The offense only plays good against good good competition. And when it's tough competition, like yeah, like who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen? Uh, again, but young coaches, it takes them a while to get their feet going. It takes them a while to get their their you know what the identity is. Again, this is only two weeks. We can't overreact. Like, this is a lot of overreaction. We're overreacting. Everybody's overreacting. But you know what? We have another segment coming up. We're going to, Sam's going to throw some stuff at me. We're going to say if it's real or a mirage. And uh, I get to pick. Is it real or is it a mirage? But before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest league developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, and you can get lines for MLB, UFC, NCAA football. Let's see uh, what the Gophers are favored by on Saturday. It's two and a half now. It went up from two, over under 51 against Michigan State with that 230 kickoff on Saturday. Vikings were six-point favorites over the Lions when that came out, and it still is a six-point uh, differential. Vikings are favored. You can get all of that and plenty more at betonline.net. Uh, check it out on your, uh, on your computer, your laptop, your desktop computer, your mobile device, wherever you get your information. Learn about the trends and action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Well, it's time for another segment. And Sam, you're going to lead the way, so you explain the game, and then we're going to play it. All right. I've got three stats from the Philadelphia game on Monday. I want you to tell me, Ron, whether it's a trend or a mirage. So here's mm -hmm. stat number one. C.J. Ham limited to three snaps in the game. Is C.J. Ham going to get phased out of this offense? Is that a trend or a mirage? I think it's a trend. Um, when you look at the Rams – I just don't see Kevin O'Connell really understand. And again, right now it's a trend because Kevin O'Connell, I don't know if he, if he knows how to get the run game going. Like it's never been in his offense. It's never been in Bill Belichick's offense, you know, where he played as well. Um, you know, there's not a lot of teams that use a fullback. Uh, Mike Zimmer was very dedicated to the run. So his offense always made sure to have a fullback in there. Um, but I just don't see how it can work because they're always in three wide personnel with the tight end. So like, how do you get to the fullback? Like, how do you get to that? Like he just, it, it seems like he wants to stay three wide with a lot of his play calling. So I, I feel like it's a trend. I don't know why it sucks. Cause that's my guy. I really like CJ Ham. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's one of the best or he, yeah, I think he's one of the best fullbacks in the NFL. I think he's a great running back as well. Um, but the, like I said, the Rams never used a fullback. So that's what Kevin O'Connell is seeing success with. Um, so he's running the plays that he's seen before. He doesn't really know how to get to just running an eye or, or a fullback motioning over. But maybe after getting your, your, your tail whipped and the run game running for 17, your top running back running for 17 yards, your quarterback leading, rushing with 20 yards and two carries, um, you know, maybe he's like going, you know, he's like him in the office or him in the quarterback's coach and the Lions coach is like in the running back's coach. Like, hey, we, we maybe need to dedicate some true time to the run game because uh, this this is not sustainable 
uh, late in the season. Good thing is they get to go to Miami, so it's going to be warm. But, you know, if you really think, you know, December with the Packers, you're going to be able to line up and, do, and not run the ball, you're, you're, you're sadly mistaken. Um, so, yeah, so we'll see. But, yeah, I think it's – I do think it's a trend right now, but you never know it could change. Yeah, Mike Zimmer always stuck with the run game even when they were behind. So even if they were down by 17, like they were on Monday, they probably still would have used C.J. Ham in the third quarter. If they right. get behind with Kevin O'Connell, they're probably not going to use a fullback. So we'll see. I, I, they used him more against the Packers. So I think that maybe if they're playing with a lead, they might still include C.J. Ham, but it's probably going to be less usage for sure than it was last year. Number two. Uh, Harrison Smith left the game with a concussion on Monday, which allowed an opening for another safety. And I think we all assumed it would be Lewis Seen. Josh Metellus got 10 snaps in the game. Lewis Seen only got one. So is it a trend or mirage that Josh Metellus is ahead of Lewis Seen on the depth chart? Uh, it's a mirage. Uh, I, I do think it's an early trend, though. Like, he's going to have to learn this offense or this defense. So, clearly, there's something missing. I don't think it's physical. I think there's a mental aspect missing. Um, Cam Bynum said that. He said, when you're thinking too much, you're not playing fast. He said, I learned from Harrison Smith that if I can stop thinking and just play, Harrison Smith said that we have to play fast. We have to stop thinking. Uh, you saw even with the Gophers, go all the way back to Mariano Sorry, Marin. Uh, his freshman year, he was thinking. He looked really slow. Everybody's like, this kid can't play linebacker. Now look at him. He's one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten because he's not thinking. Um, thinking can really slow the game down, and I think that's where Lewis seen that he's thinking too much and he's not playing instinctually. When you saw him with Georgia, it was instinct. It was it was fast-paced. It was, I'm going to attack this damn ball. I'm going to attack this play. I'm going to hit this guy. Now it's kind of like it's a lot going at you. The bullets are flying. The NFL is a real deal. Uh, when you're thinking, you can't play fast, and I think that's where he's at right now. He's thinking a little bit too much, so he's not playing as fast as he can. So he looks slower on the field. He doesn't look as good. Mm -hmm. um, but I think once he gets it figured out, he'll be just fine. So I'm going to say there's an early mirage. There's so many things that I want to see in this offense that I just and the defense too that I haven't seen yet. I want to see more seen. I want to see Asamoah. <laughs> like, I want to see Wong Wu more on offense. Uh, I want to see Irv Smith and CJ Ham use more creatively. Like, there's just all these players that I'd like to see them use, and I got to be patient because I know that sometimes mm -hmm. you, you slow play it. You don't want to show all your cards right away, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting eagerly for these guys to get involved. All right, last trend and mirage question. Ezra Cleveland had a tough game Monday. He allowed six pressures in the game. Are Ezra Cleveland's struggles a trend or mirage? I'm going to go mirage. I'm going to just say the Eagles are a badass defense. Like, those are some bad boys up there. They are big. They are strong. They are physical. Um, I mean, they, they play like their city plays, which is hard-nosed, balls to the wall. I mean, they had to grease poles in Philly for the NFC Championship game because they didn't want guys caught, caught climbing the pole. Like, that's just a, you know, that's a city Somebody said, if we have a Philadelphia Eagles Bill Super Bowl, the world can't handle it. Like, there's not a city in America that could handle those two fan bases in the same place celebrating a Super Bowl. Like, there's no way. Like, no table is safe. No pole is safe. No, not, if you're not a Bills or Eagles yeah. fan, you're not safe. Like, the world couldn't handle Glendale, it. Glendale, like, Arizona is in, is in trouble. Glendale yeah. is where the Super Bowl yeah. is. Yeah, uh, I mean, the only place I think the Bills and, and Eagles fans would go and not be noticed would be Vegas. Like, they would have to change 
the, the Super Bowl to Vegas. Like, let's let's fast forward it. Let's get it out of get it out of there. Let's get to Vegas. Like, go to Vegas now. Give it to Arizona another year because those two fan bases need a place that if you destroy it, they're used to being destroyed. Uh, they're used used to like you know mattresses on the ceiling. But um, Ezra Cleveland, when you think about that, like it's it's a mirage. Like he's he's gonna get better. Kirk Cousins is gonna be able to help him out a little bit more. Um, when the center can't really do like I watched just Jason Kelsey and Jason Kelsey looked good. Like he was, he was helping out on the double team and then getting up to the linebacker on some of those runs. And so the linebackers, like the, the, the running backs not getting touched until he's to the next running linebacker safety. Like we just didn't have that. It felt like our, our linemen were, were fighting for their lives. Our tackles were fine. Uh, but the guards and centers looked like they were fighting for their lives at times. And um, guys were lined up in certain spots where it's like Kirk, should have done a little bit more pre-snap to make them put, you know, be on alert a little bit. Like, wait, wait a minute. Maybe this is not the play we thought it was going to be. Um, you've got to put, because Peyton Manning used to fake it. Whether you're faking it or not, just do it. Because it makes the defense have to second guess what they thought they saw. Because when they line up, they're looking for keys. Like, okay, when this guy's here, this guy's here, this running back's here. This, th These are the plays coach told us they might run. Let's go. Then when he starts motion and moving, they're like, oh, crap. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What, what, did, what did he say when he did? And then you got him talking. I didn't see a lot of that where the Eagles ever felt like they were out of position, but I think it's a mirage. I think you can really help out Ezra Cleveland uh, with some dedicated, like paying attention to where the guy is lined up, if he's head up or if he's inside or outside. If he's inside, you know you have an inside run, don't run the play. Like there's no way he's going to get back. I mean, I know they say get back across his face. That's hard with some of these guys. Like especially when you have a guy that big and strong in front of you, you can't get back across his face. So change the play. Take him, let him use his leverage to run the next play. Instead of running an inside, run an outside zone. Because uh, what's his name? Uh, Darisaw, his guy is head up. He can handle that. Mm -hmm. His guy's on the inside eye. Let him take him inside. Now you have that outside gap. Build a hole right there. Lead up with maybe a receiver or a tight end where a tight end slips inside to block up and be a lead blocker. Boom, running back behind him. Well, that'll do it for this segment. Sam, I'm excited because it's the daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each. But before we get into that, Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, where you can find all of our videos, instant podcasts after every single game, and Vikings press conferences delivering all the biggest news. Like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comments section. Subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota for endless Vikings talk from local experts. Well, here we go. Oh, there he is. All right. Uh, I just talked about how I want to see some more guys involved in this Vikings offense. So, Ron, let me put that question to you. Which Vikings player, other than Justin Jefferson, of course, he's already involved. Who do you want to see more involved in this Vikings offense? Adam Thielen. Like, Adam Thielen, when him and Justin Jefferson are going back and forth, it's an unstoppable team. I don't care who's the coach. It was Mike Zimmer. It could be Brad Childress. When Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen were going off, it was a great offense. You have to get Adam Thielen involved in this offense. Um, it's been very slow. It's almost like we overdid the Cooper Cup Justin Jefferson thing and we forgot about Adam Thielen. I don't know what it is. I don't know if age is catching up to him. I don't think that's it. The guy works out in you know tirelessly and he he works on his body and he eats well. He sleeps. Um, I, I just think we got to get Adam Thielen involved in his offense. Like it's 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 like I saw they tried the Irv Smith experiment, didn't work. Uh, you got to get Adam Thielen going. You got to use Adam Thielen in the slot. You got to let him work on these guys one-on-one. -on -one. You got, like, he's one of the shiftiest guys I've seen. You got to get him going in the red zone. He's one of the best red zone receivers last year. You just got to get Adam Thielen going. Um, if they don't get Adam Thielen going, they're going to struggle because what you're doing is, like any player, 
you have to get your mojo going. If you're in a game, baseball, when you're early, you got to get your hitters going early. You got to get guys early hits. In the field, you got to get some guys some plays. If you don't get a play to the ninth inning, you're probably a little cold and you're probably not ready to go. If the guy's sitting on a bench and then you're like, hey, go in and we need, we need a hit from you to win this game, it's a 50-50 chance. But if that guy's been playing all game and he's gotten his, he's already gotten a feel for this pitcher, he's, he's going to come in and probably deliver 80% of the time. It's the same thing in football. You've got to get a guy going. You can't expect to get no passes the entire game, and then all of a sudden you're going to have a breakout 100-yard game in the fourth quarter. It just it doesn't work like that because you're, you're just mentally out of it. You haven't really gotten a feel for the game. They have to get Adam. I don't know how, but they got to get Adam Thielen going early. Um, that's definitely the guy I got to see in this game, like especially against the Lions. Like he's had some great games against the Lions, um, but you got to get. We know what Justin Jefferson can do. We've seen what Irv Smith and Irv Smith have some some work to do, but I think he's he's going to get it. But Adam Thielen, you got to get him going. Yeah, it seemed like Kevin O'Connell went into that Eagles game and said, "All right, we barely used Irv in the first game." We're going to overuse him in this second game. And that seemed to be a huge part of their offense. And they kind of forgot about Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne again. Um, I don't want to admit that Adam Thielen has lost a step yet. I'm not ready to go mm-hmm. there. At some point, if it continues, you start to wonder, well, is he getting the same kind of separation he used to get? Because he didn't have Darius Slay on him. I assume it was James Bradbury a lot of the game or Avante Maddox. Um, those are matchups that he should win uh, because Adam Thielen – takes it to those those number two cornerbacks, number three cornerbacks. So um, I, I don't think he's lost a step yet either, Ron, but I do need to start seeing him, you know, get some more targets in this offense for me to, to sort of reaffirm my belief that he's going to be really good this year. Uh, number yeah. two. Let me get to the question. Caleb Evans replaced Cam Dantzler for 21 snaps in Monday's mm-hmm. game, which makes me wonder, is it Caleb Evans, the CB4 on this team, Ron? Yeah, he is right now. Uh, you can't make the club in the tub. When you think about um, Andrew Booth being out, like, that's why. Um, but, yeah, I, I think of Caleb Evans. I've said, I said this way back when we tried to get him on the podcast, and we still need to work on that. Um, but we need to see a guy with size and length, and he has that. You know, when they drafted him, I'm like, man, they got an athletic freak. Like, physically, I felt like he was the guy. Like, I thought like he has a really good chance. And and so far, it's proven it. Like, he looks really good out there. He looks comfortable. Um, he has that swagger. Um, he hasn't been tested yet, though. He hasn't had a true test. And so we'll see how, you know, because the Lions do go, you know, three, four wide sometimes. So we'll see, you know, what that looks like. If Channing Sullivan, you know, is the, the nickel, do you bring a corner in or do you bring another safety in and you put Cam Bynum in to cover in the nickel spot? Because we know Cam Bynum said he wants to do that to the field. So it'll be in, and then Josh Metellus, you know, over Lewisine. So if Josh Metellus comes in and, and Bynum drops down and becomes your dime, uh, we'll see. But Caleb Evans, I think they're trying to figure that out. He's, he's, a, he's a talent. He's tall. He's long. He's good. Um, yeah, he's CB4 right now. Um, Andrew Booth is hurt. So it is what it is. And again, Cam Bynum, I think, did enough that if Cam Bynum wasn't playing well, Lewisine would be playing. Or, you know, I don't know if Josh Mantellis mm-hmm. would, they would start him over Lewisine. I think Lewisine would be playing. So that's what happens, man. When, when you're hurt and you can't go and a guy steps up and plays well, like Cam Bynum played well against the Packers, now it's going to be tough to get him out of there. Like, you have to really do something special to get him out. And so I think I think that's where these guys are, are at. But, yeah, he's CB4 right now. He looks good. 
uh, long, strong, big, tall talent. Uh, he just has to, you know, get more reps. And I think that's why they gave him the reps too. It's like, look, we can't expect this guy to come in against the Lions or whoever and just play without the the, the opportunity. Look, this game is pretty much out of hand. Uh, but also, you know, they're still trying to score. Let's put him in. Let's see what he can do. And, you know, he, he's getting his shot. shot. So I think that's going to be the key. Um, because when Cam Dancer needs a breather, you want to be able to send a Caleb Evans in and not worry. You know, you don't want a cornerback out there gassed after they just ran a deep ball because we know the Lions are going to take shots. And then, you know, you, you get beat again because you're so tired from the play before. You want to be able to chase a guy on a deep ball, make that play, tap his helmet, come out. Caleb Evans goes in for two or three plays, and then you get Cam Dancer back in there. I think that's the plan now. Like, you have to be able to – Andrew Booth, we thought that was going to be it. They're going to split time. Now it's a Caleb Evans. Yeah. And I, don't, I didn't think Cam Dancer really did anything wrong in that game. For the most part, I no. thought he played pretty well. But it makes sense that in a blowout, you might try to get your rookie a little bit of time. All right, last question, Ron. Now that you've seen two games, you've seen the best the Vikings have to offer and the worst. What is your latest prediction for the Vikings record at the bye week? So the first six games of the season. So they already won the Packers. They lost to the Eagles. They're one and one. I think they can beat the Lions. That's two one. I think the Saints, that's the question mark for me. I move on to the Bears. I think they can beat the Bears. That's three one. Um, and then they have the Dolphins. The Dolphins for me was an easy one, but now we're seeing Waddle and uh Ty Hill and Tua. Oh, man, it's tough. I'll go, was that, four and two at the break? I'm going to go four and two at the yeah. break. I'm leaning towards beating the Saints. Um, yeah. But I don't know, maybe the Saints just are scared of the Bucks, and the Bucks are really just good because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl with the Bills. Um, and then they have to play the DeAndre Hopkins Cardinals on October 30th because he'll be back. And Kyler Murray looks good. Kyler Murray looks really good. But Tua... I don't know. Like, the Dolphins felt like an easy win. Like, when I first did that, I'm like, oh, yeah, they beat the Dolphins. They beat the Dolphins. You add Tyreek Hill, it's a different beast. That team is really good. Um, Jameis Winston knows that if I don't make mistakes, we can win these games. And so he's playing better. But he did throw a couple to the Bucs. Like, the Bucs said that. Like, Jameis will give us some balls. Like, he will give us some balls if we just sit back and let him make those mistakes. And so, again, that, that could be an opportune time for the Vikings to really get after him, scare him into those throws. Uh, you take the home field advantage out. There's going to be 32 teams represented overseas in London. Like, that's one of those where everybody wears the jersey, their favorite team. They don't go to just cheer for the Vikings or the Saints. They just want to be around U.S. football, American football, and they're going to wear every single jersey. So it's not going to be home field for either team. Maybe Vikings, though, because the Vikings seem to have a better U.K. representation. Um, they're sending a bunch of alumni over, and they're doing a fan trip with the alumni. So um, I, I think the Vikings are going to have a little bit more of a home crowd, but it's anybody's game over there. But I, neutral, I'm going to say Vikings on that one. I say maybe they lose to the Dolphins down in Miami. Um, so I'm going to go forward. Yeah, like with both these teams, I'm a little bit trender mirage with them because the Dolphins what they put on New England like 17 or 20 and then they had 14 points until the fourth quarter against Baltimore so really it was one gigantic quarter where they showed right. that offense and then the Saints they scored three against the Bucks, and against the Falcons who were a bad team they had 10 points until the fourth quarter and they scored 17 yep. very late in that game so I'm not convinced really in either offense yet but the weapons on Miami scare me Jameis doesn't scare me at this point so I think that um, – and it's a neutral site in London. So I think you're on to something, Ron. I think 4-2 and two is realistic. And 
that my, if you're four and one going into Miami, you're kind of playing with house money. So if you can right. win that game, great. If you lose that game, you're going to be okay. But four and two is what you need to be. Yeah, four and one for sure going into that Miami game. If they could do that, um, I don't even think I had them doing that because I think I had them losing to the Saints early on when they grabbed uh, Jarvis Landry and uh, Honey Badger. I just thought that became a better team right out the gate, and then so it's going to keep changing. But I still, I'm, I'm still thinking eleven wins. I think they can get ten to eleven wins. I don't think that's out of the question. Uh, you know, early growing pains. They're going to learn. Uh, but yeah, but that'll do it for us today. Remember, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast, and find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. We want to thank you guys for continuing to watch, listen, download, subscribe. Please like, share, tell your friends about it, and make sure you comment. What do you think? What are the Vikings' record going to be at the bye week? Comment down below. Let us know what you think. Have a great day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.